Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the KettleCast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we'll be talking about the Hawks' dramatic 111-104 win over the Milwaukee Bucks. After beating the Miami Heat without Trey and Clint Capella, the Hawks come back and knock off the Milwaukee Bucks with a barrage in the fourth quarter. Without further ado, let's get into it. This Hawks team is starting to cook. After losing Trey Young in that next game, they came back and beat the Miami Heat and then go and knock off the Milwaukee Bucks in back-to-back games. And now they go on the road and start a pretty tough week against the Detroit Pistons. But what a game for the Hawks. This was one where they had just played Milwaukee last week, and Milwaukee had really taken it to the Hawks. The Hawks had been really small in that game and it had seemed like they just got outclassed by Milwaukee and through three quarters in this one it felt like the Hawks really competed and played hard but that Milwaukee was just going to be able to take a eight six eight ten point lead and kind of build a cushion and and not let the Hawks get back into the game but the Hawks got some massive contributions from some big guys off the bench Lou Williams was wonderful Bogdan Bogdanovich got going in the fourth quarter that fourth quarter, whoo, go back and watch that. But let's get into this game a little bit. The Hawks got out and actually played pretty well in the first quarter. Um, they were ahead early on, but then noted Hawks hater Bobby Portis came in and he had a couple threes at the end of the first quarter to put the Milwaukee Bucks up 29-26. to In the second quarter, the Hawks would not be able to get anything going. They would only score 17 points. Um, the Bucks wouldn't really be... At scoring at any scorching pace either they would score 22 points but they built an eight point lead really in the last two minutes of the second quarter and it just didn't feel like the Hawks had enough going for them in that first half it was really weird the Hawks got zero free throw attempts um, and that was a point of contention that Nate McMillan talked about in the locker room during halftime was he was asking the Hawks not to settle for long three-point shots not to settle for long twos but to really challenge the Bucks and get into the paint and be aggressive and force the officials to have to make some calls and send Hawks players to the free throw line. At the end of the game, both teams would have identical stat lines from the free throw line, 18 of 23, and that was a real testament to the Hawks' game plan to get back and not settle for shots that weren't falling in the first half, but really get back and really challenge the Milwaukee Bucks at the rim and get some free throws. The Hawks would also get into the bonus early on too, which really helped the Hawks in that regard. The third quarter, it looked like the Bucks might run away with it early on, but the Hawks again were able to fight back into this game and both teams would score 27 points in that third quarter. It was back and forth. Giannis really showed what Giannis is, you know, former MVP. And I thought the, Bucks got really good contributions from Justin Holiday, Drew Holiday, excuse me, and Middleton. And then in the fourth quarter, um, Chris Middleton really got going for the Bucks. But that fourth quarter for the Hawks, they started to really come on. Now again, at the end of the first quarter, the Bucks were able to get a lead, have that three-point lead, and then they were really able to push that lead up to about eight for at the end of the second quarter. In the third quarter, they maintained that lead. It, it hung around kind of the four to eight point range and again in some of these games it can feel like such a slog to try to get back into this games especially in one like this against the Bucks whereas 
the Miami Heat game, both the Hawks and the Heat were making shots at a ridiculous rate. This That was a game where both teams were getting shots up and both teams were making a ton of shots. This one was way different. It was much slower paced. This was very deliberate game. Uh, the Bucks always have a strong defense, and the Hawks did a nice job uh, matching that. An interesting tweak that Nate McMillan did at the to start the second half was he inserted Brandon Goodwin into the kind of starting lineup for the second half. He took Solomon Hill out, who did not have his best shooting night, and put Goodwin in there. And I thought early on Goodwin provided a nice punch, getting to the paint and helping the Hawks again withstand the Bucks trying to push that lead from just eight to ten to more double digits, more difficult, uh, a bigger lead so that the Hawks would be out of this one. But ultimately, we get into the fourth quarter, and that's when one Lou Williams, who hadn't made a shot all night, started to really get going. Now, Neek likes to call Lou Williams Super Lou. I think he's the only person I've ever heard call Lou Williams Super Lou. But both Neek and Bob marvel at what Lou Williams is able to do in the fourth quarter. He's shooting 50% from three in fourth quarters while he's been a Hawk. And he did not disappoint. Um, with about eight minutes to go, the Hawks really started to get, to get going. Kevin Herter had a really nice shot. He missed a wide open three. The ball came back to him. He got it, and he hit a little runner that brought the Hawks within three. And then the Hawks would go on a huge run, including six straight three-pointers uh, combined from Lou Williams and Bogdan Bogdanovich that would blow this game open and take a uh, Bucks lead and turn it into a double-digit Hawks lead. And to see the team just hit three after three after three really just had flashbacks to that awesome 2015-2016 Hawks team um, and Kyle Korver. And to have Bogdan Bogdanovich and Lou just be training threes, and that just really demoralized the Bucks. This had been a game that was close that, if anything, it felt like the Bucks had been in control. And then that offensive barrage from the Hawks, and certainly limiting the Bucks to one shot, letting Giannis only get one attempt at the basket, and then if he missed it, getting it and going out and running. But all those threes, there was a beautiful no-look pass. Bogdan had to Lou Williams in the corner. Then Lou found Bogdan in the corner for a three. And it was just fantastic to watch those guys shoot the basketball. And at the end of the barrage, both guys, I think they hit seven straight threes at one point. Lou Williams had all 15 of his points in the fourth quarter. And the Bucks would do a little bit to make it a little more dramatic in the last few minutes, close the gap to about four uh, to seven, or and, and threaten to make it a more uh, tight game. The Hawks were able to kind of have the final uh, say and get a big 111-104 to 104 win in Atlanta. And that pushes the Hawks' record to 34-27 and 27 and really helps the Hawks in this battle for the East seeding. Um, it is not out of the realm of possibility that the Hawks could get up to the third seed, which is what the Bucks are at right now. But the Hawks really needed this game, this win, going into this week. The, the Hawks, including last night, will play five games in seven days. And to get a big win at home against the Milwaukee Bucks is one way to make sure your trip starts off the right, the right way. The Hawks got big contributions. It starts with Bogdan Bogdanovich. Again, started this game as point guard. He was 12 of 21 from the field, 6 of 11 from 3, 2 of 3 from the free throw line for 32 points. He had one rebound, three assists, three steals, and only two turnovers. Kevin Herter, him and Bogdanovich really did a good job of leading the Hawks and scoring that first half. 
Herter only played 30 minutes. He usually is one of the Hawks who plays the most minutes, but with Lou Williams playing as well as he was in that fourth quarter, the Hawks did not need a lot of Kevin Herter, but Kevin Herter chipped in with 20 points on 9 of 14 shooting, only 1 of 5 on the 3-pointers. He had 2 rebounds, 3 assists, and a steal. John Collins had a monster dunk in the third quarter. It was good to see J.C. The Hawks didn't have J.C. the last time they played the Bucks, and that was really noticeable, but Collins went 7 of 12 from the field, 1 of 3 on his 3-pointers, 18 points. He had 5 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, and the Hawks' only block. And a big thing for John Collins is he only fouled twice in this game. Clint Capella was quiet with all the Hawks scoring from the 3-point line. Uh, Clint Capella was just 2 of 6. 2 of 2 from the free throw for 6 points. He did have, again, 14 rebounds, 3 of those offensive, 1 assist, a steal. And then for the starters, he was a team-high plus 16. He had the really tough job of mostly being matched up with Giannis. And for the most part, Giannis definitely had a huge game. But Clint Capella did a good job of making it at least be difficult for uh, Giannis out there. And, you know, Giannis is an MVP and is going to get his points. But I thought Clint Capella did a fine job for a five for trying to match Giannis Antetokounmpo. Finally, Solomon Hill started the game. He was one of eight. His one bucket was a follow. He had a putback on a missed shot that was really big in getting the Hawks back into this game in the second half. But he did have 12 rebounds. Again, one of them offensive and one assist. Brandon Goodwin was solid. Again, he came back and started the second half for the Hawks. One of four from the field, just uh, three points, three rebounds, five assists. Lou Williams, it was so good to hear him talk after the game about how he doesn't think about all the shots he missed. He could go 0 for 20, and he's still going to be out there shooting the ball because he knows about the work he's put in, and he knows what his role is for the team. Uh, he talks about how much confidence this whole team has, but he just said in that fourth quarter he went out and he was just trying to continue to do his job, and him and Bogdan got going, and it was a joy to see Lou Williams get so hot. He was 5 of 12 from the field, 4 of 7 from three-point land, 1 of 2 from the free-throw line for 15 points. He had three rebounds, six assists. He did have four turnovers, but all 15 of his buckets, his points, came in that fourth quarter. And just go back and watch him and Bogdan go back and forth hitting threes and really just demoralize this really strong Bucks defense. Danilo Gallinari has been such a lift off the bench. The Hawks bench would outscore the Milwaukee Bucks bench 33-15, to and Lou Williams and Danilo were a big part of that. Uh, Danilo had 15 points on three of eight shooting. He got to the free throw line eight times, made all eight of his free throws, had three rebounds and two assists. And then Okongwu, this is a really tough matchup after playing such a great game against Bam Adebayo in the Heat. Uh, Okongwu, you know, Giannis is a totally different player than Bam, and Okongwu got to learn a lot going up against Giannis. I think he fouled him a couple times, but he didn't score. He played 10 minutes, had one rebound, two fouls. Um, but the Hawks were really carried by that starting unit. And then Lou Williams off the bench, just the sparks in that fourth quarter. The Hawks outscored the Bucks in the fourth quarter, 41-26. to 26, And uh, just massive victory for the Hawks to get those wins back-to-back against the Heat and the Bucks. Just sends such a good me- message after that tough loss to the Knicks. Again, Nate McMillan has just done such a good job of not letting the team um, fall into any morass or really get it down about themselves. The Hawks don't lose multiple games in a row, and hopefully they'll continue that as this season winds down. For the Bucks, they got huge contributions from their big three. 
Chris Middleton had 23 points on 9 of 18 shooting. Uh, he had a nice little fourth quarter. He had six rebounds and two assists. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 11 of 17, 1 of 3 on his three-pointers, 8 of 10 on free throws. His free throw, while Neek and Bob joked a lot about how long he was taking at the free throw line and that they need to set a 10-second shot clock up for Giannis's free throw uh, routine, he made 8 of 10 for 31 points. He had 14 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 blocks. And at different times during the game, it felt like the Hawks had no answer for the Greek freak. He had a massive dunk where he was able to get by Clint Capella. Uh, he was able to get behind the defense a couple of times for some easier dunks. But at the end of the game, he did miss a couple shots right at the rim that the Hawks were able to take advantage of, get that rebound, and not allow the Bucks to have multiple shot opportunities. Drew Holiday had 19 points, 8 of 11 from the field, 3 of 5 uh, from free throws. He had 5 rebounds, 11 assists, and 2 steals. Drew Holiday is a tough, tough defender. I thought he did a pretty good job, whether he was defending Bogdan Bogdanovich, Kevin Herter, or Lou Williams. And he had a couple really nice moves in the paint where he was able to use the Euro step, get around defenders, and make layups, including a, a really tough left-handed layup over Clint Capella. Brooke Lopez had a strange line. The Bucks use him a lot around at the three-point line, but he was 4 of 9 from the field for 11 points. He only had one rebound, but he did have three blocks. And then finally, Bobby Portis, it looked like it was going to be another Hawks hater paradise where he starts the game with those two three-pointers at the end of the first quarter and just goes off and scorches us for 20. The Hawks did a much better job of limiting him. He had 10 points off the bench, five rebounds, but he did not go off as he had done previously. The Hawks also did a nice job on Pat Connington, who had scorched them for 25 points earlier this season. Um, Pat had five points and that was the Pat and Bobby Portis were the two Bucks who scored off the bench for the Bucks. But huge win for the Hawks. Again, getting back to back wins against the Heat and the Bucks. The Heat without Trey or Clint Capella and the Bucks without Trey Young, just massive. And all of the guys afterward were talking about how um, good a job Nate McMillan has done. One big thing for them is he just really preaches belief and, and believing that the Hawks can win. And he also talks about how important each game is. They know that if they had lost this game against the Bucks uh, tonight, that that would have been a season sweep for the Bucks, and they did not want that to happen. And they know how much it means going into this week where they have five games in seven days. It's going to be interesting to watch to see if the Hawks are able to uh, keep this momentum going not overlook the Pistons in the next game, but the Hawks are rolling right now. They had an awesome fourth quarter. There is no quit in this Hawks team. If you want just a fun uh, viewing experience, go watch the fourth quarter of this one against the Bucks. Bogdan and Lou Williams just bombing threes. It's a ton of fun to watch and a big win for the Hawks over the Bucks. The Hawks played the Pistons on Monday night in Detroit, so the Hawks have a tough back-to-back. But uh, it'll be good to see if the Hawks can carry the momentum over the last two wins into Detroit. Go Hawks. Thank you for catching this episode of the Kettlecast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. I am releasing another episode of the Kettlecast today. My conversation with Adnan Ikik about this season, how the Hawks have played so far, what we expect in the next 10 games, and what to look forward to in the playoffs with the Hawks. Go Hawks.